Hey, you're listening to Naptime Investigations, a true crime podcast. What we're about to discuss is likely disturbing and contains mature content with the use of adult language and the occasional mom joke. Listener discretion is advised. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcasts. We're your hosts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Amanda. We're just a couple of internet mom friends who like to talk about true crime and conspiracies when we can get our children to sleep. Thanks for being our kind of person and joining us to talk about what normal people think isn't appropriate for small talk. Losers. Lame. episode three are we gonna count every episode like i think we should yeah trace i do know episode you do you do do know know more spanish you know proud of you i can't believe we're already on number three seems so tiny but like we're doing this we're in this yeah we're podcasters wow um we will be talking about janet I always want to say Jeanette, but it's Janet. Uh, Christensen Abaroa. Janet was uh, 25 years old at the time of this all happening. She was living in Durham, North Carolina at the time. She grew up in a very, very, very large Mormon family. She was like one of 10 kids. Excuse me. Somebody birthed 10 times? You. Pat. Who wants that? Who? who, uh, 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 no, thank um, you. Could you imagine? BRB while I go get my tubes tied. <laughs> right. The, the like bill to feed all those children and clothe them. That's like the, what is it? The Duggars? They have like, what, 20 kids or something like that? I could not. I could not. I got two and they're already expensive. I have one and he eats just as much as I do. God. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Um, so yeah, she was one of 10 children. Very large, close family. They were really close. And a little bit about her. She was described as funny, outgoing, charismatic, infectious smile, really into family super, super important to her. So with the big family, she had plenty of things to do with family. I'm sure. So she saw, so just looking at pictures of her too, she, she looks very bright, you know, like she looks warm and welcoming. And so before the incident, she met Raven Avaroa at school and college in Virginia. They were both athletes, both Mormon, which was super important to each of them. They hear religion is important to people. I think it's like a life thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people do. So both Mormon, which was super important to them. Also, like, I think Mormon is like one of those stricter religions. Very. 
So they met in college, um, and after two years of dating, in, two th in August 2000, um, Jeanette, Jeanette, <laughs> Janet, I'm so sorry, Janet. Janet and Raven got married. Also, what kind of name is Raven for a man? I haven't heard it I keep before. keep thinking now. it's a, a female. I'm like, okay. I do too. But. I think of that, so Raven. Yes. The only. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> you guys cannot see her. She's doing the that's so Raven stare off into the distance. I can't. I, I wish that this was video. <laughs> You're the worst. Anyway. Um, so they got married in 2000. Um, shortly after their wedding, I, I'm pretty sure they graduated college right around this too. Um, so shortly after their wedding, um, a job, so they were living in Virginia. They went to school in Virginia too. So, um, shortly after their wedding, a job opportunity relocated them to Durham. You know how I said that mm -hmm. she was living in North Carolina. Um, super exciting like young couple just got married they have things to look forward to like life and church mormon mormon things, things. just mormon things they do. sports uh they both played soccer so um in town you know um so although everything was looking bright and very exciting um around this time they started having marital maritable issues marital marital maritable maritable new word maritable Merriam webster who they're having issues with their marriage let's just do say that um so janet was super close with her siblings like i said before and her sister was the one that said that she had I think a few of her sisters she had talked to about, but one in particular was talking about how she had called her and was talking about how they were having issues. Apparently, Raven said, Ayo girl, I want a divorce. I'm sleeping around with multiple people. Whoa. I, probably not in those words, but. Um, but like in those words, direct quote. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he was like, I'm being a little juggalo. Juggalo. <laughs> juggalo. Juggalo. <laughs> Can you get yourself together? <laughs> Who am I? So he's sleeping around with multiple people. Well, and I'm surprised because from my understanding, Mormon. yeah, from my understanding, divorce is very frowned upon in the Mormon community. Wow. So it's not that important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but at this time, Janet finds out she's pregnant. Mm. And with her Mormon faith, she doesn't want to get divorced. She's really torn. We should sure. kind of work out. And I want to note that she loves children, helps raise her nieces and nephews. Obviously, she has a billion because she's one of 10 children. Right. Um, and she just loved it. She loved hanging out with them. She loved being an aunt, being around them. Um, it was super important to her. And I get it. Who doesn't love loving aunts and babies? Straight up. So Give me all the babies. She was <laughs> not ten. Super torn. So she was really torn. She wanted to work it out with her husband, but she felt 
very betrayed and sad and it was scary like I remember finding out I was pregnant and like I was super excited but then I was like oh my god terrifying also super scary um so I couldn't imagine going through that with my husband saying like he's been cheating on me and he wants a divorce so um she expressed these concerns to her family and said like hey like I don't really want to be a single mom like I get it um like to anyone listening know your worth seriously know your worth (laughs) um anyway janet didn't want to be a single mom um it's it's reported that she was feeling like helpless like for some reason that word kept coming up and she just didn't she she was like stuck between a rock and a hard place right definitely all her concerns um the couple worked things out she was pregnant she was like i don't i don't want to do this thing alone um and raven pinky promised that he was done cheating Bruh, you don't and break a pinky promise beyond painful right seems legit um, i mean you would think your vows would be enough but apparently a pinky promise is, is more legit not. you know their vows are not enough or like just having common decency um but you know what do, what do i know um so in october 2004 their son Caden was born um and in december 2004 so short two months after their son was born raven was caught stealing from the company both him and janet worked for oh um, does it say who they worked for it was a pretty large sporting goods company, I think. Oh. Yeah. But they both worked for the company. So it was not only an issue for him, but it also was not good for her. And so due to her husband's actions, she resigned from her job too. So they both were not working. Or they both had to leave. I, I, I didn't I didn't like a say voluntary layoff type yeah. thing. Um, I think she was probably voluntold. Like, yeah, got to go. So he pled guilty to five charges of embezzlement. Jeez. Sentenced to no jail time. So they were clearly having money issues. On April 26, 2015, not long after he was charged with embezzlement, um, I just want to say they were clearly having money problems. Obviously, yeah. We're moving on to April 26, 2015. Raven reports his wife was getting ready for bed around 8 o'clock when he was getting ready to leave the house to go play indoor soccer with some friends. The baby sleeping, who's six-ish months at this time, April, yeah, about six months. Um, goes to play soccer, supposedly, and uh, returns to the home around 10 p.m. And he found Jenna Averroa dead. He calls 911. Uh, 911, we're doing emergency. I'm dead! Okay, you're gonna have to calm down. How old is your wife? 
Okay. Wow. So he seems like clearly upset. Yeah. So he seems very upset and very taken by it. I do want to say he does sound very irate. Uh, ob- na- natural right is, that I sounds guess. like a natural reaction to finding your yeah. mm-hmm. I don't obviously that wasn't the whole 911 call um, so that's about two hours or so after he saw her last 8 o'clock is what he reported he left around 10pm he comes back finds her deceased um, Wait, I'm sorry I'm sorry repeat that one more time when did she when did he leave Around 8 p.m. So two hours? Roughly. Um, So after I listened to that a few times, at first, my first instinct was, oh, totally normal. But the way he was saying um, that she's dead and... um, I mean, like, did he check? Like... I don't know. I I mean, like, obviously no one knows how they're going to react. For sure. sure Like, I feel like I would be talking to my husband, like, breathe, like, don't do that. Like, I don't know something. I don't, I don't know if, unless he was, like, decaying. I don't know if I would assume that he was dead. I I feel like I would be in shock, too shocked to, like, acknowledge Acknowledge that that he's dead. Yes. That was just me. That's my personal opinion. Right, right. Uh, just the way he worded things were, was very odd. Also, he specifically said she had been shot. Um, How would you true. know? She was stabbed. So okay. she was stabbed multiple times. Does it say how many? I I didn't I didn't no. see that. Okay. So with that being said, like I said earlier, the baby was sleeping, undisturbed. Nothing happened. She was, was sleeping when he left. He was getting re- she was getting ready for bed. Okay. But no disturbance of the baby still sleeping. So there was some investigation. There wasn't really any forensic evidence. Um, no one saw anything. The case kind of went cold pretty quick. Um Raven did interviews talking about his last time seeing his wife, was pleading with people to come forward if they knew anything. Everything the husband is um, should do right. in this situation. Um, in the case went cold. There wasn't a lot on there. Um, I do want to note, there was a $500,000 life insurance policy on Janet. Did he cash that out? Yes, I believe so. It, there was nothing in there that was specifically like talking about him getting the insurance money, but it was noted in multiple articles that there was a $500,000. That's interesting insur- because, I mean, that's a huge motive considering the yeah. financial troubles. So uh, that was a first reaction to look into that, but he had an alibi. He went and played soccer. He went and played indoor soccer, and on his way home, he stopped at a convenience store. Not far from the house. Convenient. Yes. Ah. So, 
um, it went cold. Um, but um, Raven just started getting more suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yeah, Raven did not hear that song at the time. He um, was acting that song. He was, yeah. Um, 500k life insurance policy. Um, not long after Janet's death, Raven moved him and Caden to Salt Lake City, Utah. They have family there. Cue the husband starts dating. How long <laughs> after this? It didn't say how long after. But, so Raven started dating someone named Vanessa Pond. Um, both were single parents. They met at the mutual daycare that their children both went to. So they're like, hey, we're both single parents. Um, they moved in together shortly after that. So they started dating pretty quickly. So once again, moved there for pretty quick. Raven seems to move fast. Started dating pretty quickly. And in the summer of 2018, <laughs> I was about to say, dang. Three years after Janet's death, Raven and Vanessa were married. But Vanessa has been very vocal. And not long after they were married, Raven, a, f- a switch flipped in him and he changed. Uh, four months into the marriage, Vanessa feared for her safety, and the marriage was annulled. She re- reported mental and physical abuse, and um, apparently was, um, he made comments that were very questionable. Um, so she knew about the death of his first wife. And she originally believed him and was like, no one knows what happened. But then he had made comments about, um, I don't, there was no like verbatim quotes, but referencing like no one would miss her if she was dead. Wow. Okay. Uh, yep. So in 2009, that's what, now really four years after Janet's death, she died in 2005, um, a new detective was assigned to her case. And after looking at statements Raven gave after they found the body um they um they so they had read all the the statements and they were they were contradicting each other they weren't super adding up he noted the um, that this was suspicious in addition to everything else yeah the new detective noticed in one crime scene photo so they were going through the case everything like that um but in one crime scene photo which we will link um janet's contact cases i'm sorry contact case top you know like the little mm-hmm. like the blue and white thing. yeah um yeah, screw on cap they, um so after looking through everything and noting the suspicious um statements that he was making and how they were inconsistent he was looking through their crime scene photos and he noticed that her contact case, the top was still on, as in her contacts were still in her eyes. And um, that would indicate that she was not getting ready for bed or sleeping like her husband indicated when right. he was sleeping. So some feelings went out even more about this, this guy. 
Um, so he started talking to um, her family that was not Raven, siblings, parents, and her family and friends reported Janet was consistent with removing her contacts before bed. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's super circumstantial. I don't know right. how. I mean, the thing uh, is, is like, I mean, you got to see to get ready for bed. So it'd be the yeah. last thing. But I mean, obviously if she had a specific routine. Or glasses. Or glasses, right. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. So it is reported though so that she was noted. Yes. So apparently that was enough to exhume Janet's body. Wow. Okay. Um, Janet's body was later exhumed. um, And when she died, so they found contacts in her eyes. She was buried and she died with contacts in her eyes. Um, So that stemmed a bazillion tests because they were like, so what? How do we know these are contacts? Because obviously like decomposition of the body. It's been so many years later. The the material of the contacts. They some scientists, some I think he was some sort of eye doctor. Um I don't want to say the name because I'll butcher it. I I also don't know off the top of my head. But uh started doing these weird contact lens tests to prove that they were her contacts. So he took some dead pig heads and put contacts in their eyes and buried them for a specific amount of times to see how the contacts would deteriorate over time in the pig's eyes with the composition, the heat, the everything. Okay, that's kind of cool though. Yeah, it was super cool. But also weird. Very weird. Kind of cool. Science, you know. It's weird. Um, so he determined after the amount of time that she was dead with decomposition, it were definitely her contacts that they found in her eyes. Um, and it was the same brand and everything. So they verified what it looked like. And cause there was some, I think, I believe there was like some distinct markings on them. Um, okay. I mean, obviously with so, the prescription and everything too. Yeah. Uh, well with the decomposition, I don't think that they could really tell the prescription. I don't know. I don't know how contacts work. I don't I wear don't contacts. Know. I neither. Glasses gang, 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 gang. Um, in the crime scene photos, oh, in addition, in the crime scene photos, there was nothing out of place. And Janet was stabbed. She was athletic. Her child was in the home. And there was no struggle. She, there was nothing out of place. It literally just looked like she let someone stab her. Also, odd. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the my biggest thing on that is as a mother, I'm going to be fighting you to protect my child. But if it's not a threat to her child. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Also, um, my understanding was, once again, there was no forensic evidence other than everyone that lived in the home. So, with that being said, again, all of everybody, that, only people that lived in the home. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, there was a suspect charged. Um, 
Braven Abaroa was arrested on February 1st, 2010 and charged with the first degree murder of Janet Christensen Abaroa, his wife. Um, and it took a few years for trials to begin, but the trials did begin in 2013. And his second wife, Vanessa, testified about the type of husband he was. Mm. Yeah. So she was very, she, she said it was very hard, but she needed to do it. Right. For herself, but for Janet and the other women that have dealt with something like this. So, um, Pan went into detail about how her ex-husband was controlling, aggressive, verbally abusive, and violent. So, Averroa's defense claimed all evidence was circumstantial and claimed that the police ignored some physical evidence, like a bloody shoe print. Okay. Didn't find much about that other than what his defense tried to claim. Um, in May 2013, the judge declared a mistrial, though, because the jury was deadlocked. What? Um, which, I mean, it is. Yeah. A lot of circumstantial evidence. There's no open clothes. You didn't confess or anything. So. For sure. I mean, a second trial. what's the proof that he did it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, but also, what's the proof that he didn't? So, I yeah. get it. I, see, I, I can see it. It's super circumstantial. Um, but... The second trial began March 2014. Um, it's going, I'm sorry, it did not start. It was set to start March 2014, but Raven Abaroa took a plea charging him with voluntary manslaughter. He took an Alfred's plea. Ooh. Do you know what an Alfred's plea is? I do, but do you want to tell our listeners? Yeah, so... The Alfred's plea was acknowledging that there was evidence that could convict him, but it was not admitting guilt. To this day, he still claims his innocence. Um, He did not testify at his first trial. That was the mistrial. But he did speak in court in 2014 after the sentencing. And he said, I'd just like to state that I didn't receive a fair trial the first time. I don't think I'll receive a fair trial the second time. And the fact is, I love my family very much. And I don't think it's worth risking the possibility of spending the rest of my life in prison for something I didn't do. I take this plea to ensure that that doesn't happen. And that's the only reason I did not kill my wife. Okay. I don't believe him. I don't believe him either. (laughs) Um, So with his voluntary manslaughter charge, he was sentenced to eight to 10 months. Months? No, eight, (laughs) eight years and 10 months, I think. Oh, I was like, what? (laughs) I wrote months, but maybe it was like eight to 10 years in jail. Um, Oh, eight years, 10 months in jail with time served. That's what I wrote. <laughs> so okay. uh, he served seven years and 11 months in prison. Raven Abro was released from prison in December 2017, actually on Christmas 2017. And he, uh, last I could find, is currently living in Utah. His um, son and him 
his son was with his mother when he was in prison. And I believe that they're reunited now. Mm. So, it's always the husband. It's always the husband. Or the spouse, not just the husband. It's always the spouse. Right. I mean, it's always somebody that has. I mean, clearly he had motive there. I'm curious, did it say anything about, like, like what was the the prosecution's what did they say that he did did he like kill her i mean obviously such a small window of when he was seen like did he kill her and then leave and go to soccer or like so that's what um that that's what the speculation was there i couldn't find or did he do it when Um, she got he got back i mean that wouldn't make sense if she still got her contacts in the eyes i'm pretty sure this is just my opinion but i'm pretty sure he would have killed her before he went to soccer left his son left his son and his dead wife at home went for his alibi stopped at the convenience store for an alibi and video footage mm-hmm. and he came home and called him one and i think this is just my opinion 100 percent my opinion speculation i think that he said that she was shot just to throw people off like, I thought she was shot. What do you mean? Don't you think I would have known that she was stabbed if I would have done it? He seems that... Yeah. Um, not ignorant. He seems arrogant. that arrogant. But it just... Right. Um, he, I, I was watching the video. There's some stuff. There's not a lot. Because um, it was, like, early 2000s that stuff was... Um, but there was some stuff on YouTube that he was talking in interviews about the last time he saw his wife. Did I say this already? Yeah. yeah. What I said. And he was like smiling. It was like he was talking about his wife in like a, in the happy times and stuff like that. And like remembering happy things that they had together. He was talking about the last time he saw his wife and it was I, I don't know it didn't seem like a grieving spouse to me the, his whole demeanor well I'm sorry but and this is again I, I know that everybody reacts differently to trauma but like if I came home and found my husband murdered uh I'm not gonna sit there and talk about the happy times we saw together I'm gonna be like hello um somebody murdered my husband what are you guys doing please bring information Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna sit there and tell you about who my husband was that's i I just need to know that somebody's gonna sure pay for these crimes you know what i mean yeah i don't know i just i get that everything is super circumstantial for sure however i don't think that he would have taken an alfred's plea if if he didn't do it yeah well, and the thing is, is he doesn't believe he got a fair trial. Uh, well, you got a mistrial. So. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he wanted to risk it. I think you're right. I don't think he wanted to risk it. I don't time. think so either. And I think that the, tes- the testimony of his ex-wife is very damning and very telling. Uh, the type of man and husband that he is and or was right i mean that that type of behavior just doesn't go away Ugh. and it's very it sounds like there's some similarity to what happened 
to Janet and him when he was cheating on her and he wanted a divorce and all these things. And then um, this stuff happened. So it's unfortunate. um, Sorry for Janet's family and their loss and her son not having mom. Oh, that's horrible. Mm hmm. Yep. So that's Janet. So thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. If you're yeah. secure after listening to three whole episodes. We hope you join us every Monday for our weekly episode. And as an added bonus, we've deemed the first Sunday of every month as Serial Killer Sunday. So you can look forward to an extra long episode about our favorite serial killers once a month. Go follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcast. If you want us to cover one of your favorite cases, please send your case suggestions to naptimeinvestigations at gmail.com or via the case suggestion link in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining this party.